Twin Cities Orthopedics is proud to be the official sports medicine provider for Tommy Athletics. TCO is trusted by some of the biggest names in sports, and they bring that same level of care to our athletes. Thank you, TCO, for being a part of our team. Visit TCOMN.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Tommy Talks, the weekly podcast bringing you inside St. Thomas Athletics, where we'll get to know those who wear the purple and gray. I'm Corbu Status, and this week our guest is Caden Nordberg, a sophomore on the men's cross-country team. He talks about having type 1 diabetes and how it has affected his running and inspired his decision to be a mechanical engineer. We also talk about friendly competition, the social aspect of running, and much more. Now, here's our conversation with Caden Nordberg on another edition of Tommy Talks. Caden, welcome into the podcast. Uh, thanks for running over here. Excuse the bad cross-country <laughs> joke. Uh, what brought you to St. Thomas? So there was like kind of many factors that led to me ending up at St. Thomas, but I think a combination of them were definitely location, mm-hmm. Twin Cities being close to home, and uh, it was going into my senior year of high school, I kind of got diagnosed with diabetes. So location, staying close to home was huge for me because obviously I could keep the same doctors. And then if something were to go wrong, I can easily run back home. And then with like prescriptions, things like that, just keeping the same uh, location is huge. And then uh, the mechanical engineering program was a huge attraction um, for me, just coming, visiting, viewing the facilities and like the opportunities was definitely like a huge attraction to me. And then also I kind of view like when you go to a college, I view it as a place to like build build connections. And so St. Thomas definitely being in Minnesota, being that kind of prestigious school that it is and having those connections rooted in Minnesota was kind of nice because I don't really see myself moving out of Minnesota. Right. Kind of a homebody like a lot of other Minnesotans. Yeah. So staying in the state and just when you kind of have that college that's in that state where you want to work, the connections are just kind of laid out for you. And then also another big thing for me was, I'm going to be honest, when I was going like doing that college search process, it was kind of like 50% um, school and 50% running because mm-hmm. it shouldn't have been that way. It should have <laughs> been more school. But <laughs> obviously running to me is just a huge thing. And for me, the team, just connecting with the team mm-hmm. and that team atmosphere, it just felt like you know, the puzzle piece that just fits and kind of complete it. So I really love that. And obviously there's lots of great schools out there. I think I sat for like two months on my college decision and my, before my parents were like, you have to make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, kid. Come on. So it was it was a long process, but St. Thomas came out on top, and I'm very glad that it came out on top. Uh, so you mentioned diabetes in there. Uh, type 1 diabetes, right? Yes, Tell that is correct. Tell us how, what happened leading up to finding out that you did have diabetes. So leading up to finding out that I had diabetes was, so my grandpa, starting out like kind of for context. So my grandpa did have type 1 diabetes. So I think that's where it kind of made its way down. However genes work, I'm not really, that's not my <laughs> field of study. Not but, your major. Um, I had kind of like, to be honest, I didn't have much of the symptoms. Like usually there's, I think the symptoms are like urinating a lot, lots of like headaches. And like usually what happens when people get diagnosed with diabetes is they'll end up in uh, like a hospital because mm-hmm. they kind of don't discover it until it's too late and you spend a long time in the hospital. But I was fortunate enough, I was supposed to spend, I think my parents had gone up to the cabin for a weekend, and I was supposed to be home alone, you know, because I was staying back for like a team run on Saturday or something like that, and I was going to head up later. 
And all of a sudden, like, out of the blue, in the middle of the night, my mom came home and was like, I think you have diabetes. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, right? <laughs> right? Like, come on. Like, I'm running, like, the greatest running I've been in my life. There's, like, there's just no way. And sure enough, she's like, I, I got to prick your finger. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're not pricking my finger. Yeah. But she pricks my finger, and it was like... I want to say it was like 350. So the normal range is about 100 to 150. And what is the 100 measuring? Ah, uh, so it's uh, it's something. trying to remember exactly. It's like sugar per something okay. in your bloodstream is what okay. it is. It's a measure of your sugar levels in your blood. And so the normal range is like 100 to 150. And I was at 350, which is obviously high. So my first in- instinctual reaction as a boy was to be like, oh, the $5 device that you bought from Walgreens is not accurate. Right. right? So we waited till the morning <laughs> and measured again. And it was uh, it was like even higher. It was like 400. So we went in. Sure enough. It, and by the time I got to the hospital, it was even higher. But um, that's when I f- received my first dose of insulin. And they kind of sent me home. And it was kind of... One of those things where just like all of a sudden life was just like slowing down for a while. Right. Big event, obviously, big thing. And so obviously I'm very thankful that my mom kind of connected the dots yeah. that I had it. And then from there, of course, I thought my life was over. I was like, I'm not going to be able to run. Everything's going to change. But honestly, very thankful for modern technology. Like I said, I'm wearing two medical devices. Yeah. And both of those are just huge tools that you can utilize in controlling your blood sugars as well as ultimately living more towards a normal life. But, um, yeah, it's, it was quite the experience and definitely definitely a wild couple of weeks. But they kind of just slapped a monitor on me and they're like, you can do whatever you want, live normal. And obviously <laughs> it, was, it was great. I was like, oh, sweet, we're back to normal. But... Yeah. Um, kind of like there was a lot of learning curves and even today I'm still learning like I was doing the workout this morning and I had like l- low blood sugar going into it and all my buddies so my medical devices kind of beep whenever I'm low and they were out there today and it was like beeping the whole time <laughs> trying to get it figured out but yeah so yeah just a long process a lot of learning curves and I learned a lot from like other people too sure I reached out there and I ended up getting connected with there's this pro runner but his uh younger brother is uh well he's Jacob Hunter he goes to University of Virginia okay and I got in contact with my mom like had just seen a it was like a crazy connection my mom had seen a post on Instagram and someone had the diabetes device in it and so she reached out I w- I would be too embarrassed to reach yeah, out yeah thank but, goodness <laughs> for your mom man yes but yeah. she so she reached out yeah my mom's a huge role in this but she reached out and I was able to get in contact with him and he like it was so awesome I mean like. He had shown me, like, I didn't realize you can't take insulin, like, four hours before you work out. Like, oh, interesting. Different, yeah. different things like that, because otherwise you'll go low during the workout. Or some different things with, like, timing meals and uh, getting prepped for, like, races, workouts, and everyday runs. So, huge, huge, huge thing. There's, as far as, like, D1 type ones that I know, like, in running, there's only a handful. And I've I've reached out to, I mean, like the only one that I know and he's got a lot of knowledge and then we kind of bounce ideas back and forth off each other, which is really, really good. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it had to take you a while to get used to, okay, now you got this device on you and you have another monitor on you wearing it every day, getting used to wearing it and being able to move athletically with those things on. How long did it take before you felt comfortable with that? So I definitely, the first day I got diagnosed with diabetes, I didn't want to tell anyone. I was sure. like, I was like, oh, I, 
I don't want to be embarrassed, right? I don't want right. people to see me like differently because I have that device. And you're what a junior in high school at this point? Yeah. So yeah. this was, um, yeah, junior year high school. I think literally a week before sections to go to state. Oh, geez. of track. So yeah. like you know, it's kind of one of those moments in my life, especially as a high schooler. There, things are ramping up. Like right. we're getting ready for state, and of course, school's ramping up. You know, going to finals and stuff, but. Um, I remember the first time I like showed up to practice. Normally, I'm like the first guy with their shirt off, right? But since I had this device, I was like, I- I'm not going to take my shirt off. Like, I'd be too embarrassed to take my shirt off. And, and so, <laughs> just so people know, where are the devices? One is on your arm, right? Yeah. So I I alternate the locations. Okay. So one of the devices is uh, Dexcom, and it lasts about ten days, and that's what measures my blood sugar. Okay. And that sends it to my phone and. For a while, I had it sending it to my watch, but it's kind of a little bit iffy. So I usually, yeah. I hate hate runner, or I hate being like a runner who's got to bring their phone with them because I feel like a runs, you know, your time to escape from all that. But right. unfortunately, I got to bring my phone with me every day, which is like kind of another challenge in itself because I like to be, you know, technology free in that time. Yeah. But then, so the other device is an Omnipod, which that delivers insulin, and okay. that works with. A little controller, which kind of looks like another phone. So that's why I've got like two phones in my pockets. Yeah. Pretty cool like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. And, but that one, the home button doesn't work. Like it's pretty much just for your blood sugar. And so whenever I go up to meal, I'll like deliver that one. But um, so that device, the Omnipod, I usually rotate that between the arms. Okay. And then the other Dexcom, I'll rotate between like areas on my stomach mm-hmm. by kind of like... I don't know, like kind of by your belly button usually. Sure. I mean, there's like a specific measure. I think it's like two inches away from your belly button on either side is kind of the good area. Yeah. But unfortunately, I, fortunately or fortu- unfortunately or fortunately, I have like low body fat. So sometimes that's a painful process when yes. that when that needle goes in. Right into the muscles. <laughs> yep. So there you are at high school. You don't want to take your shirt off. Yep. And so I didn't want to take my shirt off initially. And I think that lasted for like... like a day or two and at this point I I don't even think I wanted to tell like my girlfriend or like even my close friends and then and then I was kind of like well I should probably tell like someone in case like I pass out right like this could be a dangerous thing so I I told someone and then that kind of got like they were like oh that's like cool you know and this friend kind of like they were like you should like tell people because obviously it's kind of important to know especially if I'm out there running and you hear right. beeping or like, or I could actually dangerously like pass out. Right. Um, but I think that brought me like a lot of confidence sharing it with people and then kind of showing them. And of course they're like kind of shocked at first and, but then they're like, Oh, like what do I need to do as like a friend to help? Yeah. And I kind of explained it's, it's to me, it's kind of fun. Like explaining all the cool medical devices, even this year on the team, we have new freshmen coming up and it's kind of like, they're like, oh, what's the beeping noise? Yeah. Well, and of course, like, I don't even need to explain it anymore. Some of right. the other guys are like, oh, that's just Caden. He just, <laughs> he's got low blood sugar. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I didn't want to take the shirt off. Eventually, I kind of, like, just, like, embraced it. Like, I was like, oh, this is something that, like, makes me unique, you know? And mm-hmm. something that I think there's a lot of other people out there. Um, a huge thing for me was my mom's classroom. She had kids. And she like randomly had ended up with like all the, I think she had like three diabetic kids in her classroom or something like that. Oh, interesting. And one of them wanted to like play another sport, right? But like that mom was kind of like, you know, protective because obviously you like, you can go low and it can be dangerous. Right. And so I think sharing that like, hey, you can do these things as someone with type one and they can actually be really beneficial to controlling blood sugar and building up confidence I think in that sense made me want to like share it more. So 
I think I put in my like uh, Instagram bio that I can do anything but produce insulin. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good bio. Yeah. But I think it's fitting in the sense that like just because I've like just because you have type one or I have type one, like you're not limited in what you can do. And I think modern technology is a huge, huge th- tool that has definitely helped that come a long way. So has that informed what you want to do in your life? I okay. I I would say it definitely has a little bit in the sense that when I got my first medical device, obviously I kind of have that engineering mindset. Mm-hmm. Like I remember getting it, and I'm like, "How does this work?" Right. Like first thing I do, I mean, like so they expire. One expires every three days, which is the pump, and the one expires every ten days. But once it expires, you know, it's kind of you're throwing it away. So I got to see what's inside of this. Sure, thing. of so, course. I remember I like broke broke it apart. Very hard to get into. Definitely a medical device type <laughs> stuff, but definitely like when I broke it open, I was like, "This is cool," and definitely possibly something that I want to do. Like, because obviously these devices are kind of like to me, they're kind of like the new iPhone. When the new iPhone comes out, yeah. like, well, this is cool. Like, there's this new feature, this new thing. Of course, it's getting smaller. Right. Well, I guess the iPhones now are getting bigger, but <laughs> yeah. the these devices are getting smaller, and there's so many different ways, like. I think there's advice out there that you can like implant and it lasts like a half year or something like that. So oh, cool things like that. And of course, yeah. obviously that soup that definitely intrigues me. And like, I want to know how they work and also not just like how they work, but how can they be improved? Yeah. So I think something definitely in like the medical field or medical device field is interesting. Yeah. And this summer I actually got to work like an internship. It was like half sales, half engineering, but, um, a piece of that, we got to go into Boston scientific. Yeah. And of course I was like, kid in a candy store i'm like oh this is there's like so many medical devices this is just yeah. cool so i think as far as future aspirations go for like careers medical devices definitely is i i think might play a big role in that yeah were you the guy looking and like oh guys this is the t28 right here <laughs> this one is it right here this is the one right here well i'm gonna be honest first by boston scientific trip i was kind of everything was going over my head i'm like yeah. what are they talking about right <laughs> but then it's it's like many things in life you kind of catch on and then you're able to portray that information and definitely coming home, I was sharing that information with mom, like, oh, I saw this or like girlfriend, like, oh, yeah. I saw this and this, this is what was happening and definitely cool experience. So how did it affect your running? Once you, you got used to it, you knew what you had to do. Did it negatively affect it or did it help? Because now you knew what you had to do to get your blood sugar where it needed to be. Okay. So I would say at first, obviously it like kind of defeated me a little bit Mm -hmm. but I think now I mean even looking at some of those elite marathoners they're wearing um blood sugar monitor devices because blood sugar plays like a huge role in training right and stuff like that so it was kind of cool when they wear those devices I was like oh I've I've got that same one like (laughs) I'm like them you know (laughs) just kidding Um, but uh at first it was like uh it was kind of hard because I hadn't discovered that you aren't supposed to take insulin before you run. So like I was just doing, you know, your normal boy thing. I'm hungry. I'm going to, I'd have to take insulin when I eat. Right. And so I would do that, take insulin. And then I would just like crash on like all the runs. And I remember there was like a period where I, I had just like gotten so upset. Like I was trying to, I'm obviously training for state at this point. And I remember there was like a run where I just like was so frustrated because like the low blood sugar would come hit me. And once you have low blood sugar, it was, it's kind of like, you just got to let it run its course. Like you got to take your gel chews, obviously. So I take like some sugar chews and, but it takes like 15 minutes for it to get back up. Right. But obviously if you're running, you're not, you don't want to stop your run for that. No. So I remember there was a period where I like was so upset when this low blood sugar came and I like threw my watch on the ground and I was like, I'm done running. This is it. So there was like that period of just like defeat in the sense that like 
it had impacted me like these low blood sugars seemed to just like be the worst thing like ended runs and ended workouts but um then i realized quickly that oh you can't take insulin before you like four i think it's like four hours three four hours before you work out once i discovered that all of a sudden the lows started to go away and then the workouts everything started to come back and i felt like i was getting in better shape and i had like this ad- not like advantage but obviously controlling your knowing what your blood sugar is because you want a little higher blood sugar going yeah. into that race because you have more sugar storage like you can use that to race faster right and i think that like kind of like helped me a little bit like oh i've got this little advantage you know <laughs> yeah. not that there's truly an advantage in running but um i think just knowing that and having that in the back of your mind obviously there's a lot of disadvantages that come with it but i think there's a few advantages that come with it so it's constantly a learning curve but and i'm still learning to this day but it's something that i think may obviously makes me unique and is something I can use for my advantage, but sometimes right. it's, you know, a disadvantage. Sure, sure. But it helps you learn that you can overcome anything, right? Yeah. I think that's a huge, huge common theme that, like, I don't know, when, like I said, like, first got diagnosed, you kind of just get defeated, but you realize, like, anything's possible. You just got to, I always like the phrase, like, you know, you got to use the cards you're dealt. Like, right. I was dealt this card. How can I use it to my advantage? So that's kind of what I've tried to do, and I hope I can, like... I think my goal, like, down the road is kind of just, like, be someone who advocates for it and just, like, explains, like, it's out there. Like, obviously, I get a little bit of, like, enjoyment in myself when someone asks, like, hey, what is that? Like, sure. it may seem, like, offensive to some people, but to me, it's like, oh, I would love to explain what this is and how it affects me and what do you call it? As a friend, like, how can you help, too, if <laughs> you see me there lying on the side right. of the road? <laughs> no, I probably need some sugar or something. Right. <laughs> If you see them, just feed them sugar. Yeah. Just feed them sugar. Uh, how did you get into running? Okay, so getting into running. So I I played football, baseball, and basketball. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, these are my sports. Like, I love football. I love basketball. Yeah. Love baseball, except I was kind of a little bit scared to hit. So that was kind of the first one that I changed out for track. Sure. And then going, so I, I hadn't done any really running in middle school. I had switched out baseball for track. So I kind of had that going. But, like, I wasn't really training, you know. I was kind of just running the mile. And I remember right. back then, a mile felt like a marathon. That was the hardest so race long. ever. Yes, so long. And then, so going into high school, I remember I literally broke out the tape measure because I was a shorter kid. And because I was like, oh, you know, I want to go out for high school football. Like, I, I played quarterback, and then I'd play like quarterback, running back, and I, those are running positions. And mm-hmm. I did realize in the in the football stage of middle school, I did like the running a lot, which other people didn't seem to like yeah. <laughs> so it's more of a punishment and i was like oh this i don't know if this is really a punishment yeah. but um i remember breaking out that tape measure and i was like five foot one going into high school and then that was like the stage where i was like oh is football really gonna is basketball really gonna <laughs> work out here right. and um i remember that i was like okay well i mean football I, one hit and <laughs> i might be done right <laughs> and of course basketball probably not gonna work out yeah. i still love to play those sports still love to throw the football basketball but I was like, I'm kind of going to go all in on running. Like, I kind of enjoyed track. I enjoyed that mile. And I'd found, I'd found some success in it. I think also helped. Like, I was like, oh, I'm kind of I'm kind of good at this, right? And then once I realized when you pair something like a little, like, little bit of talent but a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. and running to me was that sport, like, you didn't need to be tall or you didn't need to have the biggest muscles. Like, you just needed to put in the most time on your feet. Like, it, like, directly correlated. Like, these guys that are running fast, like, 
oh, what are they doing? Well, they're running. So right. it was kind of like you didn't really need like talent in the sense that you just needed to really put in the miles, work hard, and it, staying injury-free is part of that too. But So I just decided to go all in, and I went into my first like freshman year of high school, joined the cross-country team, but I put in like some good miles over the summer. I think yeah. I, w- I was so proud of putting in like 200 miles over the summer or something like yeah. that. And all of a sudden, like, it, like, translated really well. And I remember within, like, the first, like, two races, I was on varsity. And I was like, this is it. I'm hooked. Like, this is fun. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So when you're out running then and when you're out running now, you said you like to leave your devices behind. So did you not even like to run with music? Was there no run playlist for Caden Norberg? So I'm going to be honest. I was I was a social guy. I like to talk to people. I like to yeah. run with people. I would never have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I love to run with people. For me, yeah. it's running with people. And I think that's half the battle, too. Like, um, Yeah, but as far as music goes, I don't listen to music while I run. Don't I like to leave my phone behind. When I had my Apple Watch, it was cool. Like People could call me on my run, and I could talk to them yeah. if I was on my solo run. I yeah. thought that was really cool, but... <laughs> For me, it was just uh, yeah, just talking, and then uh, also having someone there mm-hmm. in the mor- or like getting up in the morning. I remember if it's like, all right, you plan out your week of mileage, kind of split it up, and uh, like five, uh, we'll just say like eight miles on Monday. I, I remember if I would do that on my own schedule, that would get pushed back till noon, and all of a sudden it's too hot to run. Well, then yeah. it becomes a night run, and yeah. but then just having someone, I'd always like be like, hey, want to get together and run. And then once you commit to that, hey, at 8 o'clock in the morning we're running, or 7 o'clock in the morning we're running, uh, you, you're going to show up and you're going to have that person to push you yeah. the whole way and talk to, which helps. I like to talk. So yeah, <laughs> helps distract from the pain. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, talking pace, right? That's a pace that they talk about. Yes. Um, but you do have to at some point, because uh, that's a slower pace than the pace you want to run at. Mm-hmm. So then how do you get yourself mentally ready for, all right, I'm going to have to run the next 25 minutes, 30 minutes, or this next run is just me and my thoughts. Okay. So, yeah. So, there's definitely a big difference. So, daily runs, we have these daily runs, and we can pretty much talk on all mm-hmm. those, which I I really love. This yeah. is fun. I remember there's sometimes where runs we just get talking about engineering stuff. There's a couple engineers on the team. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you look down at the pace, and you go, whoa, we're, we're going way too fast. Like, <laughs> this is supposed to be a recovery day. Yeah. We're going, like you know, six flat, like almost that pace, like just cause yeah. you get distracted by the talking. Um, and then there's other runs where like today, like we have repeats, you got to kind of focus up and then have those, like your, your, your own thoughts in your head. Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, I always try to turn the pain into like fun and enjoyment. Like if I can turn the nerves and the scaredness and the pain of this workout into just, I'm having fun, I'm staying relaxed. I think that's been a huge advantage for me in those times of like, you know, and then there's some days too where when we're doing longer tempo stuff where the pace is too fast to talk. Yeah. I was trying to like zone out, you know, <laughs> like right. just zone out and forget about the pace and yep. just try to hold on. Uh, yeah. So there's definitely a big flip in running and obviously racing. There's not too much talking going on, but right. there's been a couple of races in high school and maybe college. will say a couple words, <laughs> especially when I bump into someone, I'm yeah. always that guy like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but it should be, you know, competing in dead silence. So yeah, there's kind of a flip both sides i i like both they're mm-hmm. fun and they have their time and place in the in, throughout the season yeah so do you think you're one of those people that will continue to run after college is something like uh whether it'll be like running in the 5k every year or just out there every morning putting in the miles 
Yeah, so that's a great question, and I've thought about it a lot. I've definitely like swung both ways. One of one of the ways I've swung is like, oh, I'm gonna put down the running, and I'm gonna you know focus on bodybuilding or something, get right. really strong, right? But then I I know that wouldn't work for me because I just need that for me. Running is like a stress relief. Like I build up the stress throughout the week or throughout the day, and all of a sudden running, you can just hit that reset button, and yep. then you can do it again and again and again. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I think definitely especially if I follow that engineering path, I'm sure I'll get a little stressed out down the road. And I think, I think I'll definitely continue running. And my girlfriend, she also wants me to run a marathon because she wants to watch me run it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't, <laughs> <Slow> <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of, that's yeah. a lot of, uh, a lot of miles and a lot of, a lot of hard work going into that. So yeah. I think training for something like that, maybe like a half or something like that would mm-hmm. be, would be super fun. And obviously I still have this dream in my mind that, you know, could still go pro running. So right. maybe there's that route. Um, but I think regardless, yes, I'll definitely still be running. No matter. What are the distances you run now? Uh, so cross country, what's the longest? An 8K maybe? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, cross country, so St. Thomas, we got that like uh, postseason ban. So postseason normally in college would be like a 10K. Okay. But, but we don't run that, fortunately. I, I, <laughs> I think that would be a lot. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so in high school we ran 5K, and then in college you kind of have that progression to the 8K. Okay. And usually at the start of the year we'll start with like a four-mile race, which mm-hmm. is just a nice – even for me, coming back second year, like, is a nice transition into that, right. into that longer distance. Yeah, so 8K is 4.97 miles. And I'll tell you, every cross-country course is, it could be under that, it could be over that. All you got to do is race. So don't, right. don't get focused or lost on the distance or time. Just go out there and compete because every course is different. And, of course, right. now we have, like, some GPS watches that kind of aid in the measuring that accuracy of the course <laughs> that the guys <laughs> like to like to point out if it's a little long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then no one no one says anything if it's short. So it's like, no. "Oh, that was legit." <laughs> yeah, that was totally it. My best time ever. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, right around 8k, but yeah, a little deviation in there yeah. and there's obviously some racing strategy. Use the math advantage like running those tangents is a lot quicker than <laughs> right. running on the outside, so. Yeah. yeah. And, and do you do uh outdoor track and field as well? Yeah, so uh we do indoor track and field and then outdoor as well. Okay. And I'm going to be honest, I I like to consider myself like more of jack of all trades. So I'll go down to like an 800 is mm-hmm. probably the lowest I'd ever run, but I wouldn't necessarily be super successful at that i think that's just a more of a race that you use for training Mm -hmm. and i think um the sweet spot for me is like right around a mile to 5k okay and i'm gonna be honest i i was talking to coach last year and he's like what events do you want to run for uh conference and i was kind of like just put me wherever you think i'm gonna score like (laughs) i just want to go out there and compete have a good time i don't care what the distance is but um I think I was pretty successful last year. We d- we did even like a 1K too. So I think the events we covered for indoor were 1K and then the 1500 and then 3K. Mm-hmm. And I think I found my most success right around that 1500 point. Okay. And then outdoor, we switched, kind of switched, ge- or no, sorry, I messed that up. Uh, indoor is uh, not the 1500, it's a mile. Okay. So it's a full mile. Yeah. And so I did 1K, mile, and then 3K. And then outdoor, I was kind of in the range of uh, running the 1500 to the 5k and then i did not do the 10k 10k is a little far for this guy but (laughs) (laughs) not that i think i do bad at it i think there's uh other people out there that would do better than i would (laughs) sure so what's a good time for you and break it down by mile so if you're talking about a five minute mile 
five and a half minute mile? What's so, a good time for are you? Are you talking like racing? Mm-hmm. So my PR last year was a 410, which was so wrong. So I was way off. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> no, no yeah. offense taken. Um, I totally get it. So I ran that at the U of M, and the nice thing about indoor is they, depending on the track and the shape of it, they convert yeah. your times. So it converted down to a 407, which, oh, is, pr- nice. which is pretty awesome. I, yeah. I, I appreciate those yeah. three seconds. That was kind of nice. <laughs> take those. Those are nice give-me's. And, um, and then the 1K, I ran uh, – so a 1K is pretty much a half mile plus another 200-meter sprint at the end. Okay. And I ran the 1K in, like, 227, and that was probably one of my best races last year. I was, like, I think under – like, four-tenths of a second off the school record. So I was, and I didn't know I was that close, yeah. but obviously looking back, I was like, oh, I'm hungry. I want that. Right. Definitely try again this year. But um, something like that, I came through like, a, it was an 800, roughly a half mile, and I came through in like 156 or something like that. So, wow. So that's like a full on, you're going pretty hard the whole time. Yeah. For me, that's a, yeah, pretty much a sprint the whole time, but yeah. it was good. Last year I had, uh, well, Cole Hall on the cross country team. We were, and in Mo Smith too, we graduated, but um it's, I always love having my buddies in those races because w- when they when they you know pass me, I'm I'm not gonna let them pass. Right. But, it, but if I go to pass them, they're not gonna let me pass. So yeah. ultimately, that leads up to just like great races for all of us. Yeah. And just pushing each other to the limit in the races is just super fun. And yeah. to have your brothers there with you is really really huge. Absolutely, absolutely. That's one of my favorite things about running events. Um, whether it's, you know, the 5K, 10K, or whatever around this area, is everybody's in it for each other. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we're not, most people aren't in there trying to win. Everybody's yes. just celebrating the fact that we're out running. But <laughs> it seems like um, in the cross-country world that it is a little bit more, not as cutthroat maybe as some yes. other sports. 100%. I, I would agree with that, and I can elaborate on that too. So running, I, I like this quote. It's like, other people can't run it for you, obviously. They can't run the race for you. But they can definitely help you in the sense mm. that, like, mm-hmm. being there with you and pushing you along, it, that's, like, helping. Obviously, they're not running it. can't run it for you, but right. they can definitely help you along. And it, cross country is one of those weird sports where, you know, you're kind of going for, like, you're kind of going for a time for yourself. But also there's this team aspect, too. Right. And you're trying to help your buddies along, too. Like, obviously, help them with pacing, help getting them out. And obviously there's people that help me getting out and help me throughout the race. But also there's that team aspect, super fun, super competitive. There's solo aspect to it too, because obviously it's your race. Right. It's kind of your choice, whether you, you know, kind of your fault if you do bad, you kind of your choice or your, what do you call it, benefit if you do good. But then there's also this weird, like kind of third role in here that there's other guys from other schools. Like I'm going to be honest, this summer I was running with people from other colleges, other schools. And obviously, I see them in races too, and yeah. so it's kind of fun because I know these guys. I know how fast or slow they are, right? right? So where I am based off of them, but then before and afterwards, we're talking like we're buddies too. And even in the race, a little friendly competition, you know, going on, maybe a little more fierce, whatever. But <laughs> yeah. but I don't know. It, it's fun because that community is super fun because it's weird when you have another guy from another school cheering you on, or you're cheering a guy from another school right. on. And it's kind of because I feel like in another sport that doesn't really happen. No. And it's kind of fun that that happens in cross country. Yeah. So absolutely, definitely cool. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, life on campus here. Do you have a favorite spot on campus? Life on campus. Oh, that's a good question. I I definitely do love the football field, mm-hmm. and not not the bias that there's a track there, but um, I just like the football field. 
definitely my buddies. We throw around the football field. Yeah. And or showing like, them what could have been if you would have stayed in football, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. Yes, for sure. Uh-huh. Definitely being like, who can throw it the furthest or <laughs> little friendly competitions like that. But, uh, man, there's so many great spots around campus. Like, even there's, um, what is it, in the student center? There's some, like, nice studying spots there that yeah. have gotten together with buddies. I mean, pretty much anywhere on campus, you you can't go wrong. Yeah. I definitely like the places that are, like, more cool, quiet, I would say, when I'm studying. Because mm-hmm. then we can get together with buddies and, like, when you have that environment that's all focused, it's kind of nice because it helps, you know, rub off on you and you stay right. focused on your studies. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't – there's so many favorite places I have around here. Like, obviously, I love the engineering buildings because yeah. you never know what's going to happen when you open up those doors, what project's going on behind there, <laughs> things like that. And then also the indoor track has become a good friend of mine in the winter. Yeah. Kind yep. of avoid that uh, ice cold weather outside. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so yeah, St. Thomas is just all around great. I love the style of buildings too. Yeah, they're beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's fun to look yeah. look around. And I was even looking recently. They added on Southside Campus. They've got that new addition with the engineering buildings. Yep. And I remember walking over there. I haven't been over there in a while, but because most of my classes are on the front side of it, so I remember I like went around the side and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, this this looks nice. Like yeah. this is cool. And definitely, yeah, See, anywhere you're on campus, you can't go wrong. It's beautiful. Do you have a favorite Tommy sport outside of track and field? That's a good question. Um, outside of track and field, well, I could go cross country. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, outside um, of any running <laughs> no, no, because no, you guys yeah. are biased towards each other. I know. Um, <laughs> no, I would definitely say probably football. Yeah. Football is definitely my favorite to watch. It's always been, even whether it's like Vikings or things like that. I'm definitely a Minnesota guy. Yeah. But it is uh, interesting. I, I definitely lean towards the Tommy football team rather than the Gophers now because of college. But I just love watching football. It's yeah. so fun. A little reminiscent back of the middle school days, but for me, and yeah. it's, I don't know, it's just something about it. It's, to me, no other sports even close to watching football. I'll even admit watching cross country and track and field. Track and field's a little more interesting than cross country, but yeah. it's a little, little. There's a lot like of boringness going on until like the finish, you know. Right. But football's kind of got the entertainment value As a, that is throughout the whole time, and it's definitely, I would, in my opinion, might uh, definitely tops <laughs> yeah. the sport that I'm in watching. For a runner, though, cross country's got to be way more interesting running in versus just going around and around and around and yep. around. Yes. <laughs> yes, there is lots, especially in distance track. There's a lot of yeah. a lot of laps involved. Uh but yeah, the course um and I will I would like to point out cross country is the only sport with fan participation. So when there's when we're running around the course, yeah. parents, coaches, they're running around the course too. So Really? Yes, fan participation, only sport. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> So you know, they can jog along with you, or are they just like try so, to get around to get to where the best viewing spot is. Best best viewing spots, yes. and then also big markers like the mile marker, five k mm-hmm. marker, different big points throughout the race. Yeah, clusters of people there, kind of, and different coaches like yelling different times yeah. <laughs> and different things like that. <laughs> but yeah, I know it's it's always funny. Um, oh, I have a funny little story that I'll tell quick. Uh, so my my uncle, my dad, or my dad and my uncle, they're twins, mm-hmm. and I had people on my like high school cross country team or even in college too they go wow your dad is fast going around the course well it's a course it's his twin brother that's yeah. you know half mile down the road it's a straightaway and all of a sudden he's like wait your dad like passed me while he's racing <laughs> and no so there's different uh different things like that like yeah. that the fans will run around but for me yeah cross country is 
the courses are fun in the sense that there's a mental challenge too. There's like sure. hills. I remember Griac is a great example. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get to run it this year, but the the hills on that course, I mean, you're almost walking up some of them. So it creates yeah. this like different environment because obviously once you go up the hill, you're going to roll down the hill. Right. And different things like that. Obviously, there's trees. You get to see different places. To be honest, I'm like so focused on those two white lines <laughs> of the course that yeah. I don't get to take in too much of the views. But they're they're fun. And it's definitely different because like because of the like discrepancy in like course like elevation and different things like that it creates for different paces throughout the race like mm-hmm. track you kind of you know what splits you're going to hit you can see your time every lap but that's what makes cross country super fun i personally i love both and honestly if you ask me what's my favorite it's going to be whatever season i'm in like, there you go cross country is my favorite currently but yeah. once track starts like i just love to compete regardless yeah. like yeah, I don't know. The definitely the a lot of laps around the track does get does get old, but obviously who's with you and who's running along with you sure. and who you're competing against makes it makes you forget about the laps. One hundred percent. Especially in cross country, I've kinda learned to not forget about where I'm at because obviously that'd be pretty bad if you forget about <laughs> right. what what distance you're at and what yeah. you need to do in situations. But just uh forgetting about the distance in the sense that you're just wanting to compete. Like here's the guys you should be around. Forget about where you are on the course. These are the guys you need to be around. Stay with them. And, yeah, this whole kind of, yeah, with the lap thing. <laughs> it just depends, right? Yeah, it just depends. And, obviously, there's great cross-country courses out there. Every track's pretty much the same. So, you yeah. know, it's a consistent pretty, go- pretty good yeah. uh, versus cross. There's this is good, this is, uh, this is right. you know. So there's a lot of, yeah, fun things surrounding it. All right, so you have this is your sophomore year, right? Yes, that so you is have correct. two more years after this, and still have the indoor and, and outdoor track to go this season. When it's all said and done, what do you want Caden Nordberg's legacy to be here at St. Thomas? That, that is a great question, and I do think about this every day, and it definitely keeps me up sometimes at night. I'm not gonna lie with that, mm-hmm. and I think there's um, a legacy beyond just the times. Like I even looking out on the track right now, I can see those record boards, and obviously. I would love to have like not just one of those records. I want to go for multiple, mm-hmm. but I think there's like, it's, it's like this quote, you know, if you're in love with the destination, you're going to lose to the guy who loves the process. Mm-hmm. And I think I got to love the process, but I also want to be known like as someone who like just, you know, works hard, does all that they can. And I want other people to be inspired by that, like to show that hard work truly does beat talent when talent fails to work hard I think that's a big thing. Obviously, I feel super blessed that I have made it this far, and I partly definitely have to chalk that up to some some talent, you know. Sure. But obviously, I want I want hard work to shine through, and show that like obviously, <laughs> the records are definitely motivating. But um, just things like that, I just want to be known as someone who worked hard, someone who our coach always brings up like you just sometimes your good isn't good enough you got to do what's required of you. Mm-hmm. And I want to be known as the guy who, you know, did what's required of me every single time, no matter what. Like, he always talks about, you know, you got to have, like, a good average, right? And I obviously want to be, obviously I want to be an elite runner. I want those records. But I also want to have a good average and be, like, show up every day. I don't want to show up once a week, you know, throw down a good workout, but then have a bad workout right. next week. I want to be consistent, good, and I also want to, like, motivate others. And I would love to leave a legacy of cross-country being known as, like, a running school. To mm-hmm. me, would be 
like just a dream come true would be cool to know that you kind of laid that foundation for others to succeed. And I would love to like attract good runners because not necessarily good runners, but people who want to work hard, sure. people who want to succeed and do well, being known as someone just a competitor. I don't know. That would be the great. That would be the great legacy. Obviously, I'd love to come back and see that team and see my records fall. Hopefully, right. Too. So, right. Get them up there and then watch them come down. Yep. Absolutely. I'd love to push that finish line a little further because <laughs> obviously, uh, last year I had um, Mo Smith. He graduated. He's super nice guy. But I remember I was the school record. He he moved the finish line. You know, and mm -hmm. I think that is something that is just so cool and definitely motivates me to get up, work hard every day. And I would love for my actions to motivate someone else in that same sense. Yeah, love it. Caden, great chatting with you. Thank you so much. And uh, best of luck the rest of this year and beyond. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And thank you for everything. This is awesome.